done for us, beloved. The passion of his heart for you, beloved. In this Passion Week, in the Christian world, we talk about and we remember his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So thankful that he was willing to take that walk, to lay it all down and give it all for us. Hallelujah. So I can't really honestly think about a better place to be. We've been in Hebrews pretty much most of the year because the word of the Lord came to us that we were going to learn anew, have revealed to us anew, living behind the veil in communion with our Lord. And so really, our continuing study in Hebrews couldn't be any more perfect. Because Jesus is the one who gave us the opportunity to live behind the veil with him because of what he did. So we're going to be studying that. We're going to continue in Hebrews 10. Welcome, everybody. We're going to, Hebrews 10, verse 1, says, The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming. Hallelujah for the good things that Jesus has done for us. Not the realities themselves. So KJV there says, not the very image And the Aramaic says, not the essence. I love that, not the essence. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. In the Aramaic there, it says, those who offered them. If it could would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. You know, having to bear the guilt of our sins. Aren't you thankful that Christ has released us from that? Because anything we ever do, we can just come in repentance unto him. And the shame, the guilt, the condemnation is gone. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. Aren't you glad that we do not have to live under an annual, a constant reminder of our sins? Thank you, Jesus. Because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Hallelujah. Thank you that we have a sacrifice that literally has taken our sins away. So, for the past several weeks, we've been studying about Jesus as our priest forever and that he ministers to us truly from a a heavenly sanctuary, that his blood opened for us the way to follow him. His blood and his blood alone. 
made that possible, to follow him into the Holy of Holies. You are welcomed into the Holy of Holies living. That place of divine impartation of life, life, the life of Jesus. We all need to get a hold of the life of Jesus. We serve a living Savior. The indwelling of God in us, that is a reality. That is not a fantasy. Anyone who has chosen to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior has the indwelling presence of Almighty Jesus, the perfect one, in their spirits. And we need to live out of that place. He's gifted it to us. And we live from that place. So today, we're going to delve into what gave Jesus' sacrifice its worth. Y'all probably already know the answer, but we're just going to go into it anyway. (laughs) What actually secured his acceptance as high priest, as ministers unto us, as our mediator, what actually secured that, his presence, to stand before God for us. You see that? He is standing in your stead forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. So this chapter starts by reminding us of how ineffective the law was. How ineffective the law is. It, the law could never truly draw us into the bosom of the Father. It could never truly, truly uh, end that feeling of separation, that partition. It could never truly draw us close, the law. So it tells us that the law was but a shadow of the good things to come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you had so much more planned from before the beginning of time. You had so much more planned for us because the law could not give us the very image, the essence of our Jesus, the essence. It was not the done deal, in other words. There was more to come. So Jesus, Jesus, brings us that essence. Jesus brings us the very image of God. He is the very image of God. When you behold him, and this is completely possible in your everyday lives, you can behold Jesus, the pure essence, of God in your life. I want everybody just to stop. Just think about that. Just think about the pure love, the pure essence, the pure image of the Father. See the face of Jesus. He's given you that. He's gifted that to you. 
his very image when you're born again implanted into your spirit. You have that. You walk around with that every day. And we're here to understand that. We're here to get the revelation that's living behind the veil. Because that's the revelation of life that he wants you to have. That's the revelation of life that he wants you to live in. Hallelujah. Jesus shows us the very life, the very glory of God because he is the exact image of God. And guess what? As as a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you've been created in that very image. It's your new birth. You have a totally new image on the inside of you. And it's time to get done living anywhere else. Done with it. Over it. Okay? That's where we're going as a body of believers together, helping one another to understand the beauty that God sees in you. Because... Our life is just this process of allowing the image of God, the very image of Jesus, to just flower forth. That's what we're doing. By accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior, we get to receive that image into our natures, and then we get to walk out in the essence, in the fullness, in the fragrance of Christ here on this earth. That's who you are. You are the fragrance of Christ. The fullness of his life and glory that's been gifted to you, sharing in the life and the character of the original, of the creator of all things, the creator of life. He knows about life. (laughs) And he's implanted his life into you. So we get to know the same, the same. (laughs) So the shadow was dim. It was just a Uh, A dim representation, this dim external, external, keyword, this dim external picture of what was going to occur when Jesus fulfilled the law for every one of us, for those who, well, he fulfilled it for everyone. It's just, you know, do you accept it or not? Because the external then is replaced by the true redemption of Christ. Can you get a hold of that statement? The external, it's, it's all replaced by true redemption of Christ. The fullness of the redemption that's been offered to you. Hallelujah. Our whole sight changes. The way we see is supposed to change. We get spiritual eyes, spiritual vision, 
When we see the heart of God, truly the heart of God, he loves you so much. His love for you is perfect and is never dependent on what you've done or haven't done. When we see the heart of God and we receive, his way opened up to us. Because that's what he came to do, is to open it all up to you and to me. The indwelling, the, in, the eternal internal revelation of God in us, it changes our sight. It changes our entire approach. Our sight is changed into faith. See that? Our sight gets changed into faith. So we go from this external imposition (laughs) into an internal sight of faith to believe the Lord. And as we dwell in this new, this is the new, this is the new come to you when you're born again. As we dwell in this new, the promises of God that our faith reaches for, because your faith, let me tell you something, beloved, your faith, okay, faith in Jesus, Your faith is constantly, constantly believing, reaching for the perfection in God's promises. Is that making sense? Like your mind might get in the way and your mind might say, oh, like this is just enough. Well, God's never saying that to you. God is always saying, my fullness is what my son died to give you. So we need to believe for all of God. Let your faith soar. Let your faith believe in the everything of God in this life. Don't ever use that phrase again unless you're going to use it in a supernatural way. Don't ever use the phrase, well, that's just life. Because you know what people are saying when they say that. They're saying That's just life here on earth. That's just life with all the little hindrances that we all have to deal with. See, that's not God's vision. If you want to say that's just, then you wouldn't even use the word just because that implies littleness. And God didn't give us anything little. He only gave us his completeness. Right? So if you want to say, well, that's, Life, <laughs> believing that it's the supernatural, well, then, then go for it, because that's where our hearts are supposed to dwell. So our faith reaches for the true, the, the, the entire promises of God. That's where your faith resides, in his beauty, in his perfection, in his completeness in life. And then when, when we allow our faith to soar, because, and, and what is it? It's not faith in us. It's not faith in our works. It's faith in Jesus, okay? Then po- the, the possession of those promises of God, the beauty that God has for us, become our true experience in this world. And that's how he wants us to live the true experience of our lives as the Holy Spirit indwelling in us makes us, makes you, makes me 
the power and the presence of Christ's redemption coming alive in us. You see that? The allness of his redemption coming alive in us. Does that make sense to you guys? So this is what Christ's journey, we're remembering this, the week of passion, the week of the passion, how passionate he is for you. So his journey, because of his love for you, because of his passion for you, he chose that journey. He didn't have to. He could have turned aside at any point, but he didn't. He chose that journey for you. And because of that, and because of his resurrection, and because of his ascension, he has purchased full redemption for you in every part of your lives. And I'm not just talking about the salvation experience, although that's awesome, but I'm talking about total redemption in every area of your life. Okay? And we, we are celebrating that in this season. We are celebrating that. We are celebrating as believers in Christ. We are celebrating our faith fully embracing the finished work of Christ. Hallelujah. So, wow, I'm getting like bogged down, aren't I? <laughs> it's not really, it's not really. It's all important. So anyway, as, as this chapter begins, expounding on what the law could never do, that's what it was doing, it gives us very specific roadmap, a very specific um, plan or spreadsheet of what the good things to come are that he has for us and how Christ brings them to be our very image, our divine experience. Okay, back to verse one. For this reason, it can never be by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect. And if you haven't been here, we've been studying a lot about how Jesus perfected us, okay? You can go back and look on our YouTube page or get the CDs, those are free, or go to our website if you want study on that. But anyway, repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship, those who, who offered them, if it could, would they not have stopped being offered for the worshipers, would have been cleansed once for all, and would no longer have felt guilty for your, their sins. See, that's God's ultimate plan for you. Not to walk around in guilt and shame. For, in the Aramaic, it says, for if they had perfected them, doubtless, doubtless, they would have ceased from their offerings because their conscience would not have been buffeted by sin once they had themselves been purged. See that? So we know that the blood of Jesus purges us because it wouldn't have put it in the negative here, okay? It's saying that that is possible with the blood. So God does not want you buffeted about by um, guilt, shame, uh, condemnation, the condemnation of sin. He doesn't want you buffeted about by that. And what has happened in the past 
the scripture tells us the old is gone, the new is come, right? And we, we need to live in the new. It's very warm in here. So God does, does not want you living in that. The priests, by what they did, could never, ever bring you into perfection, the perfection the per- into the perfect relationship with God. Hallelujah, Christ did. Their offerings, their offerings could never clear your conscience before God. So that's what the scripture's showing us. So the contraindication of that is that Christ did it. Christ did it for you. He accomplished this for you because Christ appeared before God, his sacrifice accepted on your behalf. He did it for you. He was your actual, he is your actual substitution. He is your actual substitution. We can now stand before God as Jesus stands before God with no sense of guilt, with no sense of shame, completely accepted in his beloved. Completely accepted in his beloved. Wow, what a gift. We can have, believe it or not, you can have an entirely clean conscience even though we live in a world with sin and even though we personally sin. Okay, am I, am I preaching a gospel of non-repentance? No. Repentance is a beautiful word. It is a word. It is, a, it is the, the repentance of our hearts brings us into the beauty of God. It is liberating. It is freedom in our lives. It is necessary but we have a God of mercy because of the blood. So, Jesus' blood and his blood alone, his blood alone is the river of God's love. It is the, his blood is the river of God's love and passion for you. It flows with love and mercy and grace and compassion. And it truly, his blood, accepted by you, is truly what transports you into the presence of God, living in the Holy of Holies with him. Now, 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 today, on this earth, and in eternity. And it's where he pronounces that you are totally accepted by him. You are totally accepted as a beloved child of the king, of the father. He sees you, no matter what you do, he sees you restored unto him because of Jesus, because you received Jesus. He sees you restored unto him. No separation. Romans 8.38 says, now there can't, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, okay? So don't think when you do something wrong that it is that powerful <laughs> to separate you from his love, okay? There is nothing more powerful than the love of God, nothing stronger. 
So we get to enter boldly, boldly into the living presence of our Father. You know, think about it in real life. I know not everybody here has kids, but is there any, you know, think of your parent. Well, I don't know, maybe some, we, we don't want to live in unforgiveness, do we? No, no, that's from the devil. Okay, but if you really thought about it, is there anything that your kid, or truly your parent, if you're, if you're a forgiving child, is there anything that they could ever do honestly, no matter what? You might be disappointed, you might be discouraged, you might be irritated, you might even get a little angry, and then you'll get over it. <laughs> but is there anything they could do that would make you not love them? Well, see, God's like so much bigger than that. You know, than what we, w- w- than what we're feeling toward our children. His is so much greater about how he feels toward you because it's pure. It's perfect. It can never be tainted or darkened or shifted. Hallelujah. So our conscience can be clean knowing that we have received the one, the one, Jesus, who cleanses us in the power of his own blood. And Jesus hands his victory, he takes it, he hands his victory over any power of sin to hold us in its grip. You see that? Sin, he actually put sin away by what he did. He locked it away from its ability to conquer you. He locked it away from its ability to cripple you in your life. Hallelujah. So, in the sacrifice and bulls of in, in the sacrifice of bulls and goats, there was this constant remembrance of sin, of everything we that someone's done wrong. Okay, that is not cleansing. That is not cleansing. Maybe it submerges it for a while and then it all comes back up, okay? That's not where Jesus has us living. The cleansing of heaven. Remember we studied the cleansing of heaven last last week and why that was needed and what it really meant. The cleansing of heaven, it actually put our sin away so completely that God doesn't even remember it anymore. That's scripture. If you need to understand it better, go back and listen. So instead... He accepts us because we have accepted Jesus and been washed in the blood of his dear son, not by our own works, not by our own measuring up or doing everything right. It is a free gift to you because he saw and he sees the beauty in you and he thought that that was worth making the sacrifice so that you could live out in the beauty that he defines you with, with which he defines you. You see that? Hallelujah. So our spirits, when we're born again, our spirits receive the actual, true infilling of Christ, and our souls get to enter into the rest of the Holy of Holies, knowing what's been done for us. We get to receive that rest, and it's the love of Jesus that keeps you there. 
that sustains you there. Not your own works, whether they're good, because you'll never earn it. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, that I do not have to earn it. (laughs) And not the bad either. You see? He's not going to excommunicate you. Your experience is to be Jesus' eternal, forever lasting redemption in every area of life. Hallelujah. No remembrance of the division or the ought or the contempt. Only this living, can I get that, can I say that word enough? Living, 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 living. You serve a living, a risen Savior. In reality, he rose out of death, living to live in you, live in you. This is a transplantation. You get it? Living, the living reality of what Jesus is in you and has done for you. The, the blood of bulls and goats could never do that. Well, I'll get into that in a little bit. So what was, what is impossible for those living under the compulsion of the law, okay? He doesn't want us living there anymore because the new has come. It has been. We have been given freedom in Christ from that, okay? Freedom in his love because his sacrifice overcame. He has removed not only the guilt, but the sins in the power of his indestructible life. He he has an indestructible, incorruptible life given to you. So we need to let this become the power of our lives. See that? You understand that? Walking with a clean, clean conscience before God. You, you get to do that. Hebrews 10.5. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. A body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll, I have come to do your will, O Lord. Okay, so here we get two keys, two keys as to the efficacy of Jesus' sacrifice. Two keys. Why it has its eternal nature, why it has spiritual ramification, why it is is an infinite redemption for us, and why it has divine significance. Okay, We we get two keys. So how can the reality of his finished work enter into us in the power of Christ? Okay, that's what we're after, right? Right? Okay. So here are the two keys. He says but a body you prepared for me. Okay? Hang on to that. 
a body you prepared for me. And the second one, I have come to do your will, O God. Okay, those are the two keys. So, in other words, God prepared a body, physical, flesh, and blood body. He came here as a man just like you. Just like you. He prepared a body for Jesus, a fleshly body. Instead of the body and the blood, the sacrifice of the bulls and goats, the body of Jesus, God come to earth, has been prepared and given for you. Hallelujah. That's a real thing, okay? Flesh and blood. When you become the body of Christ, because when you become a believer, you are the body of Christ, okay? You are his body. When you become the body of Christ, you enter into this same sacrifice, you see that? Through Jesus, what he did. Am I making sense to you? Our holy God, his word of truth and promise is now given for us in the flesh. A body prepared by God in Jesus, sent to us. So no longer is it the imperfectness of the law, but the perfect Christ. Okay, no longer imperfect, but perfect. No longer a shadow, no, no longer that shadow, but the real. That's what was sent to us. The very image of God given in our stead. So now we stand by acceptance of Christ. When you accept Christ, you stand in the very same place or position that Jesus stands in before God. Are we letting this like explode in our spirits today? Because I don't even know how it could not explode in your spirits. Think about what's been done. You stand in the same position of Jesus before your Father in heaven and you get to receive that life in you here on this earth. You have prepared a body for me. So our holy God, his word of truth, his promise is now given to us in the flesh in Jesus and so we stand accepted before the Father because Jesus has done what it took. No other sacrifice could, could accomplish this. None. It had to be this. His body was assaulted with the same temptations that you go through every day. See that? He was assaulted with the same choices and the same temptations. But in that body, by the power of God, by the power of the Spirit, and you have to listen to the Holy Spirit in your life too, just like he did, he 
conquered in that body prepared for him, a flesh and blood body. He never gave in to the temptations of the flesh. His body was captive to the will of God, for the glory of God. He never served his own fleshly purpose, never once, but only the pleasure in the heart of God. Only the pleasure in the heart of God. And now we receive that imparted capacity. You have the same, because if Jesus lives in your life, if you've chosen him as your Lord and Savior, that same imparted capacity lives in you. You get that? The very same, the exact image in your recreated spirit. Whatever Christ has done, he intends absolutely 100% with no shadow. Remember, we're talking about the shadow. With no shadow, whatever Jesus has done, he intends for you to receive. And he has made it possible. He has made you that vessel that can receive it. And why do you need to receive it? Well, it makes you have an overcoming life here on this earth, but it helps other people. You receive it to pour it out. You are their lifeline at that point because of Jesus, you know, not because of something in you, right? But if we truly believe that the life of Christ is in us, we understand what that means to be the lifeline for another person. Hallelujah. So he, Jesus, he is, is the author of this beautiful offer unto you. And we, believers, are those who get to walk in his offering. See that? So we get two important revelations here. That the sacrifice died for me. Real simple, I'll make it real simple. That sacrifice died for me. He died for you. Real simple. He did it for you. Because you're beautiful to him. He did it for you. And now, the second revelation, you live in that sacrifice. You live in that life that's been given because of that sacrifice. See that? You get to live in that life. Hallelujah. The gift of Christ giving up his life unto God is, is the image. It is the pledge of me giving up my life for God. You see that? That's the image. That's the perfect, not the shadow. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's the example of, of what happens in us when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So I get, I get to do this because of what Christ did, and I just get to follow him. I just follow him. And when I do that, when I follow him, my physical body, my, my mind, my will, my emotions, 
are all given for his use. All given for his use. And for his creative capacities in me. He, he, you have created, creative capacities in you given through the life of Jesus. You see that? His thoughts, his motives, his creative ideas, and, and, and we get to walk out that image, the very image of him. We get to walk that out here on this earth because the veil has been torn. The separation is ended. We get to walk behind the veil with Jesus Christ in full communion, in full heart-to-heart relationship with him. No division, no separation. You get to dwell in the very essence and presence of, of Christ behind the veil. It, it, that has been purchased for you. You get to be the partaker of the divine nature. You get to be the partaker of Christ's offering. This, there's life in his body, right? His body was life, right? Given up for you and placed in you, his life. His life becomes your indwelling presence. I'm really trying to drive this home today because we all need to live from this place. So we present our bodies as a living sacrifice also unto God. You get to do that because of what he did. And you get to be totally cleansed. And you get to have the heart of God. And you get to hear from him all the time. All the time. You get to live in his presence. The body that God prepared for Jesus, he offered up, and there is where the sacrifice gets its power and its efficacy. And he has handed that to you. He has handed his whole being. He offered his whole being to do the will of God for you, for me. And we get to do the same. Get this, get this. You get to do the same. I get to do the same with the same result. The same effect on this earth. Hallelujah. We no longer have to trust in something outside ourselves being imposed from outside externally, outside of our bodies, because, and that will never, never change anyone. That never changes anyone. It might get, it might create a new habit or obedience for a bit, but it does not bring internal change. Christ is our internal change. He has changed you. In the Garden of Eden, okay, now, this is, oh, this is critical, too. In the Garden of Eden, how did sin enter the world? Okay, because that was a perfect place. It entered through the flesh. See that? Adam and Eve made a fleshly choice. Choice says, sin entered through flesh. It had to be conquered that way by the one who walked out in the flesh perfectly. Amen. You see that? And then when you receive him, you receive that 
the way in which he conquered. You received his victory. Are we understanding that today? Are we getting that? So now, through Christ's body, remember it said, you prepared a body, it had to be the flesh. The flesh and blood had to be that way. Offered, it was offered to the perfect will of God, and sin was completely vanquished. So we get to enjoy the fruits of Christ's submission when we submit to Christ. Hallelujah. The feudal is gone then. The feudal is gone, and, and what do we receive? The fruitful, the eternal fruit, the fruit of Christ. Whatever that fruit is, we get to walk in that. We, the bondage, the chains the bro- are broken, and we receive the freedom of Christ. We get to be, what, his body. Scripture tells us that we are his temple. Believers, you are his temple. You are members of the redeemed, redeemed, did I say redeemed? Did I say redeemed? Did I say redeemed? Yes, redeemed. You are members of the redeemed body of Christ. Hallelujah. Literally, that's literally and that's spiritually. His flesh, torn and sacrificed, has become our welcome sign, our invitation into his perfection and his abundance. Okay? All right. Verse 8. First he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them although the law required them to be made. Then he said, How I, here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second, and by that will, we have been made holy, <coughs> excuse me, through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all, once for all. Every believer now has been given a heart in which the very heart of God lives, in which the very will of God lives. You have a new recreated heart, and that is the miracle of your redemption. Hallelujah. (laughs) Wake up! Did I just say that's a miracle of your redemption? That you get to have the very heart of God living, replacing your very fleshly heart? Well, I'm not going to sleep. Okay, that was mean. I apologize. I'm sorry. But you actually, in your recreation, you get his heart. No separation. He's not keeping any secrets from you. You get to know everything he wants. You get to know how much he loves you. His heart doesn't have any darkness that actually gets planted in you when you get born again. At that point, 
You have to make a choice to go against that heart. He does not put you in a place where you're going, oh, well, well, I don't know what God wants. You do know. You've got a whole new heart. And it's just a matter of being yielded to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is always speaking to you. The scripture tells us that he counsels us with a loving eye. NIV, that one's actually 2011, which I don't read, so, you know, but I do know that's a little change in that one. He counsels you with a loving eye upon you. He speaks to you. He's a voice speaking, whether you turn to the left or to the right, saying, this is the way, walk in it. It's a promise of the word. Okay, so, (laughs) because of this change in your nature, you now receive life out of death. You receive the life of Christ out of the death of the world. You receive life out of death. Only Jesus can do that for you. The finished work of Christ, his resurrection, his ascension, the reason for our hope, the reason for our hope made effective in our lives. The glory of his life the glory of his life in communion with the Father because he is in one and the same, complete, inseparable communion. The glory of his life in communion with the Father is implanted into your spirits. It's what you have now. And we accept this by faith. This is not a mental thing. This is not a logic thing. We accept this by faith. Verse 11 Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever, did I say forever, those who are being made holy, that's you. And in the Aramaic, it doesn't even say those who are being made. It says those who are. So Jesus, now, sitting at the right hand of the Father, the one who perfected us by his blood, the one whose sacrifice has been accepted forever and ever by our Father, now intercedes and ministers to us the very heart of God, the vision of God in our lives. He is ministering that to you every day, lifting you up, 
saving for you. For the fullness. So as a result, see God, the Father, seeing Jesus, sees his vision accomplished in you. Is this giving you power in your life? Is this giving you hope in your life? Is this giving you a surety in your life? (coughs) He sees his vision accomplished in you through Jesus. Finished, just like the finished work of Jesus. Because you know what, beloved? You were included in that finished work. It was done for you. And it would have been done totally in vain if it didn't include you. (laughs) And he doesn't do anything in vain. Okay? Glory to God. Glory to God. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He changed my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. Each day is just the same. Da 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 da. I'm going to praise his name. <laughs> Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Woo! <laughs> okay, I'm just having fun with you. Life is fun in God, okay? You might as well just get with the program. Because life is really fun in God. He has so much for you that you have never, ever conceptualized yet. (laughs) So anyway, Christ's one-time entrance into death brings you back into full fellowship with the Father in his love, and in his power. Completely accepted by God. You are completely accepted by God. So we get to expect the full and the exact manifestation of Jesus in our lives. That's what we get to have. The incorruptible enforcement of every component of the incorruptible life of Jesus in our lives. We get to have the expectation to enjoy that. We get to have the expectation that we get to enjoy that in our lives, that overcoming life, that from strength to strength, from glory to glory, You're made holy by the will of God. (laughs) That's his heart for you because that's what he wants for you. That's what he sent Jesus to die for. So you're removed from this sphere of the world. Literally, you are removed from the sphere of the world and you are gathered into the kingdom of his love where there's only love, only his love. You are gathered into that kingdom of love and light. You are gathered into that kingdom of authority and power. You are gathered into that kingdom of peace 
and rest because he has that. Whatever the fruit of the Spirit is, you're gathered into that. You are saints. You are holy in Christ, not of your own works, okay? I'm not preaching it's of your own works. But truthfully, think about this. You are no longer humanly defined. Do you get that? You are no longer humanly defined. Don't let humans that don't see the fullness of Christ in you define you. Because you're not humanly defined. You are supernaturally redefined in Christ. Lovingly redefined. A new name, a new nature. You get a whole new name. You get a new nature. You get a new identity. You get a new covering. You get a new king. You get a new kingdom. A whole new existence. You are completely new soil. Do you get that? You are completely new soil. You have been transplanted. Transplanted into the good soil of Christ's work. It's a whole new Eden, beloved. His divine garden. That's where you're planted now. His divine garden. And so now what do we do? We walk out the process of this redemption that's been given to us. We, we just walk that process out. We understand, we, 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 we talk to him about what it all means and we ask him for revelation and then we walk that out. The best way to understand that is to understand how much he really does love you. The first most important thing that everyone has to understand is how much God loves them. Because when we understand how much God loves us, all this just becomes this natural outflowing. Inflowing, outflowing. Okay? So we just walk out this process of our sanctification. This is where our brains kind of like have to catch up with our new reality, right? We renew our minds how? How do we renew our minds? Word. We renew our minds we wash them with the word because the word is truth and the word is the exact image of God. It is God. It is, it is Jesus. Okay? So our, our brains, our outer beings catch up to this inner new me, the inner new you that you have. And we submit that new nature in Christ. We say no to sin. We say, yes, I have come to give you pleasure, Lord. Yes, I am here to do your will, O oh Lord. Teach me. I'm yielded. I'm yielded. And if you find a spot in me that's not yielded, well, just, make, just let me know. Because I know you're going to help me fix it. <laughs> so, Hebrews 15, 10, 15. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, listen, 
There is no longer any sacrifice for sin. You do not have to keep sacrificing. You come to him, you repent, you ask him how to make, help you move in a different direction, and you get over this consciousness of sin. So the Holy Ghost, it says here, testifies to us that the new covenant has been established. And guess what? It's been established in you the moment you receive Jesus. The sacrifice is over. The work has been done. The everlasting power that none can reverse, none can diminish has been given to you. And Jesus sits triumphantly on that throne forever and ever, ever making intercession for you, and he hands you his triumph. Get that? So, your entrance into everlasting holiness, perfectedness, the glory of God has been accomplished by the finished work of Christ and you receive that through Christ. And no force can shut that door. And let me tell you, Jesus will never slam the door in your face. Never. He will never close that door. His blood on the mercy seat is your covering. His blood which he chose to pour out, nobody took it from him, his blood on the mercy seat is your covering. It gives you a totally new definition of yourself. And you, because of his grace, remember when we studied what grace really means, one of the definitions was his ultimate beauty, him seeing the ultimate beauty of you, that was one of the definitions of grace. Yeah, um, but you need to see yourself in that ultimate beauty that he has bestowed upon you through Christ, that he sees in you. The spirit of life, the spirit of life in Christ is now the new law, I hate to use that word, but the new you know, law of your life. It is the spirit of life, the spirit of life, the spirit of life, in Christ is your new guiding. Uh, I don't want to use that word because that can be misinterpreted. Your guiding revelation, your 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 new rudder, your new oar, whatever you want to call it. It's written on your hearts, and it's not an external enforcement. It's an indwelling, living. Did I say living? Yes. Did I say living? Yes. <laughs> it is an indwelling, living presence, and we. So, you know, basically, all we have left to do is rejoice over that. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you have done for me. Thank you for what you have done for my brothers and my sisters. So we rejoice that God is actually written on our hearts now. Our hearts are, are this new book. Our hearts are this whole new soil. And God sees you, but he sees you through Christ. 
He sees you through the blood, the finished work. He sees you in his son. Hallelujah. Not remembering your sin, but remembering what Jesus has done. And you are given full remission of sin and its power into full, abundant life in Christ, in Christ's kingdom. The blood has been sprinkled on you. You see that? The blood has been sprinkled on you. The seed of mercy and on you. So you're now, your inmost being, the blood has been sprinkled on your conscience. You can walk boldly and freely before your Lord. And your inmost being, get this, okay? Your inmost being has actually been made fit for his indwelling presence. You have been changed so much. Your inmost being has been made fit for his indwelling presence. Do you see yourself that way? Okay, I, I want you to be totally honest. Do you today see yourself that way? Fit for the indwelling presence of your Lord, your King, your Savior. Because that's what you are. You are fit for the King. Hallelujah. You are fit to receive the Spirit of Heaven. Walking around and saying you're not worthy is, is no feather in God's cap. He doesn't want you to think that way. He's made you worthy. He wants you to walk as his worthy so that you can glorify him and do his work here. Whatever he's called you to do. And every single one of you has a ministry. Every single one of you has a ministry that he wants you to walk on. So in. So our role is to believe in Christ. Our role is to receive the entire gift of his sacrifice, the entire redemption, the entire gift given by the king priest. All the gifts of the king, all the gifts of the priest. And to press on with the Holy Spirit as our guide to see those gifts fully revealed, fully accepted in the soil of our hearts, in our spirits, and manifested in our lives. That's how he's made you to walk. The victory, you know, nothing missing, nothing broken. The victory of the walk that he walked, the victory of his resurrection, the victory of his ascension, living in you to his glory. Okay, that's what the Lord had me share with you today. Sorry, again, I went a little long, um, but I'll try to get better. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, so we're going to receive, we're going to take communion, and we're going to receive our tithes and offerings. If there's anyone in this room who has never received Jesus Christ, or anyone on the video who has never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, please raise your hand and I will pray with you because it's a very simple matter to receive him. It will be the best decision you ever made. The love of Christ comes to fill your hearts.
and give you peace. All right. Okay, so we're going to receive communion. And why do we, okay, our communion is open communion. It is open to every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we take communion to remember what Christ has done. That's why we take communion. Oh, I don't know if I have one. I do have one. Thank you. Okay. Lord, we just come to you and thank you. We remember what you did. You chose to walk that walk to that cross. You knew you knew what it entailed and you chose it because of your passion for us, of your love for us. Because you saw the beauty and you saw the worth in us. And oh Lord, help us to always be thankful to treasure the beauty of your heart for us, to treasure who you are in our lives. Lord, you hung on the cross that we would be healed in every way. We receive that today. We receive your healing in every part of our lives, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. And you chose to pour out your blood for us. You poured it on the mercy seat. We've been covered in your blood. So Lord, any, anything that in our, our lives that displeases you, we bring it to you today and we thank you for forgiving us, Lord. We thank you for Holy Spirit who shows us how to walk. We thank you for your loving counsel. We thank you for your blood poured out. In Jesus' mighty name. Okay, we're going to receive our tithes and our offerings. Tithes, according to Malachi 3.10, he will rebuke the devourer on your behalf. He will open the windows of heaven so much that you do not have room enough to contain it. And for offerings, I thank you, Lord, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men pour into their bosoms. And for your first fruits, that all that you're believing for, when we offer first fruits, it's a holy offering unto you, Lord, in thankfulness, in worship. It is a holy offering to you because Jesus was your first fruit. And we give a first fruit in remembrance of that. And we thank you for the harvest. So I thank you for blessing every person here, all their families, the families represented. I thank you, Lord, that you go before them, behind them, to the left, to the right, above and beneath. That they are the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, above only and not beneath. And as they commit their way to you, Lord God, you tell us that you give the righteous the desires of their heart. I thank you that your holy angels encamp round about them to keep them in all their ways. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So if I haven't met you before, I would love to meet you. 
And if anyone needs special prayer, um, of course, I'm always here for that. All right, go blessed. <laughs>